0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. tonight I just want to uh, share a few things and uh, just to get straight into it, I want to ask you a couple of questions. What potential do you have inside of you? Have you ever thought about what your potential might be? Do you ever think about, you know, what your capacity is your capacity might be a certain uh, capacity at the moment, but what is your potential capacity? What, 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 could you, what do you believe you can do? What, have you ever st- stopped and thought about what am I able to do? How much potential do I have in my life? And uh, sometimes it's good just to stop and just to think about, hey, I'm doing what I'm doing now, but there's always more. There's always something more God wants you to do. There's always something more in life to do. There's dreams and there's visions and there's passions. And so what potential do you have? A few weeks ago, actually, Matt uh, Ironside told me this little fact that I didn't know. That when you go uh, diving, free diving, without tanks and everything, and, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever gone snorkeling down the water and you're holding your breath and you're snorkeling around or whatever, or you're under the water swimming in a pool or whatever, and you get to a point whereas like you've gone for a fair while, but you get to a point where you feel like you've got to take a breath and like your chest feels a bit tight and you thought, I need to get oxygen, who knows what I'm talking about. You get to that point, the fact is that your body's telling you you need to get some oxygen, but the truth is at that point when you think you can't go any longer, you've only used 50% of your oxygen. And so divers uh, that know this, They actually, and I'm right saying this, they push themselves through that barrier and learn to push through that barrier and expand their capacity and expand their potential. That's why there's, I watched a show recently and and this guy over in some island somewhere, he could dive down, he was diving down 30 or 40 meters and walking along the bottom you know, and like, and just, you know, just crazy type of things and hold his breath for seven, eight, nine minutes. And, uh, and, uh, and like, but he'd done that all his life and his capacity had grown. So what is your potential? I want you to think about tonight, the start of this, about what your potential, what's your capacity, where you're at right now, what level are you at right now, but what is your capacity, what is your potential? I want to show you a video clip and it's a, uh, it's a, a section, uh, a four-minute section of T.D. Jake's preaching. And uh, some of you may have seen this clip on, uh, it's been on Facebook a couple of times, I've seen it occasionally, it's a, about a year or two old. And um, some of you would have seen it, some may not. But it's an incredible example of capacity and potential and, and level. And we, I just want to show this, make sure the sound's up, guys. And I want you to just watch this clip for a moment. Potential versus product
1: (music) and then This is what the Bible meant, play it again, when it said, despise not the day of small beginnings, because if you are faithful to that, after a while you'll get this. If you stop playing scales, you'll miss the opportunity to discover the sapling, the growth, play me something else, just just play me. I'm, 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 I'm evolving from where I started. This is your year, play that for me again, to be excellent on your level, to maximize what God has given you, to do you, to be responsible for what you've been given. And if you keep on doing what you're doing, you'll get this. See they're both playing the same instrument, and they're both playing the same thing, but they're playing it on different levels. Touch somebody and tell them you're next. Am I talking to somebody? Are you hearing God talking to you? Are you understanding that Paul says, I have learned whatever state I'm in. Play me something. I've learned whatever state I'm in. Therewith to be content, because if I can survive where I am right now, I know that this is in me. Have not yet appear what we shall be but if you keep on working on what you are what you shall be is gonna manifest in your life if God is talking to you about your 2015 open your mouth and give him some kind of
0: It's good, eh? Hey? Potential. Potential versus product. And, uh, and so I ask you again, what is your potential? You might be at a certain level. You might be at just like, you might be here going, man, I, I've only been in church a few weeks, just known Jesus a month or so. Like, I feel like I'm at some kind of level or whatever, but that's okay. That's okay. Maybe you've been in church for many many years, and maybe you've gone through several levels, but there is still more. There is still more. I love he quoted Zechariah 4:10. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He said, Be faithful in the small things, be excellent on your level. Be excellent. That's an incredible statement. Be excellent. There's so much in that statement if you would just get a hold of that. Be excellent at your level. In other words, wherever you're at, excel at everything you do. You can look around you and there can be people doing all these great things that are excelling and all that. That's okay. But at your level, you do the best that you can at your level. And when and you will break through to other levels, but you excel at your level. Maximize what God has given you. Be responsible for what you've been given. Because if you're not responsible for what you've been given and excel at what you've been given, you won't be given more. If I can survive what I am right now, I like the way you put that, if I can survive myself right now, there is greater ability within me. If you can survive where you're at right now, if you can keep going at where you're at right now at that level and excel at where you're at and do the best you can at where you're at right now, there is greater in you. There's greater ability in you, and that will come to the service, sur- service, surface as you keep doing it. We're all at different levels, so to turn this around a little bit, how can you find out what level you're at? And this is what I want to talk about tonight. Finding out one of the ways to find out what level you're at, I've found, is to fail. If you want to find out how good you are at something, then fail at something. That will tell you exactly what level you're at. And I found this out playing sport over many years and watched people playing sport and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and you know, you can, you can be on a win. I've been on some winning teams and we'd have some winning streaks where we've nearly gone a whole season of soccer or cricket or something like that. And we haven't lost and I want to tell you, you can be beating all these teams, but I tell you, that is not telling you what level you're at. You might be really good, but you need to get up against someone who's as good as you or even better than you. And then, and then you will actually find out actually how good you really are. And what it will actually do is when you keep winning all the time, you actually get comfortable and you don't grow and, you don't, and you're succeeding. But it's like you're just going, oh man, And after a while it actually becomes boring. You're like, are we going to win again? Are we going to play this? And and, and like the worst thing is you're playing a a game of sport or something or or coming up against someone and you know they're not as good as you, okay? And you know that you're going to like, you're going to beat them like 10-0 or 6-0 and you sort of think, and it's almost like someone goes, oh, these poor guys haven't won any games. Like maybe we'll just let them score a couple of goals, you know? It's like you get to the point where it's like, and it's like you don't have to try as hard. Oh, I can just cruise. Just cruise along because I know we're going to win don't need to try my best because I'm not being stretched. And so when we face something, some opposition that's a bit tough and you suddenly come up against a team that's a bit tougher and, and you don't win or you fail or it shows up some of your um, faults or shows up some of the things that you're not that good at, it's the best thing you can do. The best thing that can happen to a team that has won, 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 won all the time is lose. Lose a game because they'll get better. You will learn far more out of losing something than winning something. You will grow far more out of losing uh, in a game and a sporting team or losing something you're doing by making a mistake. If you're building something, you make a mistake, you lose. You'll you'll learn much more out of what you didn't do well and what you failed at than what is if you just did it and breezed past it and thought that was so easy. We learn through failure. The title for my message tonight is You Have Permission to Fail. You have permission to fail. We have a very real enemy called the devil that opposes us and wants us to be defeated. And do you know what? If we, it's a blessing to us that we have an enemy that opposes us. Do you know, and I say that, well, the reason I say it is because if we didn't have an active enemy, we would be comfortable. We wouldn't be pushing. We don't have any opposition. We don't have to push into God. We don't have to trust in God. We can just cruise along ourselves and we drift away. But we've got an active enemy that wants to defeat us but can't because we're in Jesus Christ. He wants to defeat us, but he'll oppose us. But Jesus has given the weapons to defeat him, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But we've got an enemy that wants to oppose you, and it's actually to our advantage that he tries to oppose us and tries to bring us down, because every time he does it, we actually get stronger. Because the opposition, you may get knocked down a few times. It says in Proverbs twenty-four, sixteen: for a righteous man falls seven times. But he rises again, and that, and that's and that's in the same tense as when Jesus when Jesus was having a conversation with the disciples, and and they said, how many times should we you know forgive one? Seven times, and Jesus goes seventy times seven, and so then Peter's probably thinking, you know, oh seventy times so seven, four hundred ninety times. So four hundred ninety times, he's got four hundred ninety chances. If he doesn't do that time, I'm gonna. Not going to, no, Jesus is not talking about exacts. He's saying you forgive and you forgive again and you forgive again and you forgive again. again You forgive again and you forgive again. You keep forgiving. And in the same context as this scripture, it's saying you may get knocked down. A righteous man may get knocked down seven times, eight times, nine times, ten times. He gets knocked down, but he rises up again. He gets up again. You may fail seven times, eight times, nine times, ten. You may keep failing, but you get up again. Because in the end, you will win. In the end, you will succeed. Because you will learn. Every time you get knocked down, every time you fail, you will learn something. Every time you fail, you learn how not to do something. When you're building something, when people are inventing things and and things like that, they fail and you get it wrong or whatever, and but they learn, okay, well, I'm not going to do it that way again. I've got to change it. So every time they do it differently and you're learning something new and you're actually getting closer to total success through failure by learning. 1 John four four says, but you belong to God. When we're talking about we've got an active enemy that wants to, come against us in opposition. 1 John 4, 4 says this, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. They had people um, opposing them and they they were speaking as a demonic oppression against them. It says, because the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in this world. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. And so we have an enemy that would want to come against you and try and pull you down and and knock you down and, and try to defeat you. But we have a very powerful king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you, that empowers you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, he empowers you to overcome everything the enemy throws against you. In other words, when he is on the throne, when we're surrendered, like Matt said, to him, the enemy is always defeated because he fights for you. Jesus is on your side. He does the battling, he does the fight. All you need to do is stand and say, Jesus, you are Lord. I surrender. As soon as you surrender your control and surrender your strength and the lordship of your life, as soon as you surrender that to God, he, his power, his authority takes over. And when you speak, it's not just coming with the weight of your words or the weight of who you are. It's coming from the full weight of heaven and in the name of Jesus. And that one name is enough to defeat, to defeat all of hell. That one name, the name of Jesus, has enough power in it to defeat every demonic influence that would come against you, every scheme of the enemy, anything he throws against you. Opposition helps us to grow to new levels. Opposition helps us to get stronger and better at what we're doing. So Jesus talked about you know different ways we can defeat the enemy. And I just want to mention a few of them. The armor of God, it talks about in Ephesians, about putting on the full armor of God. It talks about faith, about the blessed Breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You can read about the armor of God and it says to clothe yourself with that every day. You walk around protected, you walk around strong, you walk around with faith, you walk around with authority, you walk around with power because it's heavenly armor that you can arm yourself with. The Word of God has power. When you speak the Word of God, it defeats the enemy. When Jesus was tempted, when he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came upon him, went into the wilderness, and the devil came to him and tempted him. And every time he tempted him, he answered with the word of God. He said, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. He answered with the word of God. Even the devil came and and said, oh, the word of God says this. But But Jesus overrode him and said, but the Bible says this. So the Word of God carries power to overcome the enemy. And lastly, the third thing is that the name of Jesus, like I said before, carries power to overcome the enemy. The weapons of God, the armor of God, the Word of God, and the name of Jesus. So when the enemy comes against you and to oppose you, to try and to defeat you, you have weapons that... Jesus said you'd have opposition He said the enemy would come against you. He said there's going to be trials. He said it would be a bit tough that the enemy would come, but he also gave us the weapons and the ways to defeat him because he knows that the only way for us to grow and to go to new levels is for opposition to come so that we break through into a new level, we break through again. Because if we don't, we get comfortable, we sit back and we don't go anywhere. the difference between you know the devil will come against you trying to defeat you but there's a difference between failure and defeat they're not the same you can because some people think that hey when you fail or you make a mistake or you do it over again you feel you may feel like oh i'm defeated no you're not defeated you failed a few times but the bible says righteous man falls 7 times but gets back up it's not defeated he gets back up again. You may feel like you're defeated or you may think you're defeated, but the truth is you've failed a few times. But the moment you give up and say, oh, I'm not going to try anymore. Or, oh, I'm just going to, no, it's too hard. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Then that's what will lead to defeat when you give up. The other the other week, Riley started playing, and I asked permission to share this story. Riley um, started playing soccer. and uh, And so most of his team... They're under eights, haven't played soccer before, and uh, there's a whole bunch of teams that play. And so we're there, and it was the second game in, and, uh, and you know, and Riley, they're all keen to play and obviously win, and, uh, and they want to win and score goals. So we get to the second game. First game, they lost by one, one nil and didn't score any goals. Second game, it gets the game goes on, they go right the first half. The second half, it uh, gets to a point where they're losing five nil. And, uh, and they're playing against a team, had some guys that have played there, you know, for a few years and things like that. And all of a sudden, we're on the field, and I'm on the sideline, I'm helping with subs or whatever on the sideline. And uh, all of a sudden, Riley looks at me and turns around and just walks off the field. <laughs> and, and he just starts crying, walks off the field, and walks out, and I said, what's going on? He goes, he goes, oh, we're not winning, we're not winning, I haven't scored any goals. And like, and so he's crying or whatever, and then, and I'm standing there going, I'm sitting, I get down right at his level and say, Ronald, so you can't just walk off the field. Like, you can't just, I said, you've left your other six teammates on the field to play a short. You can't just do that. And, so, and very sternly, I said to him, you are never, never, never going to do that again. I said, you are never going to turn around and walk off that field like that again. You're never going to let your team down. And I said, it doesn't matter if you don't win. It doesn't matter if you lose a game. It's fine. But don't ever leave your, leave your team. Don't ever let your team down. And then he, after 10 seconds, white away his eyes, get back on the field and played. And, and every, week, every week since, they still haven't won a game. But every week, they're getting better. The next week, they scored their first goal. The next week, they scored two. This week, they scored three. And uh, they're getting better every week. And it won't be long before they win a game. And I said, and I said to Riley, what, and I, t- I said to him, I said, um, you know, what? thing is you never, never, never give up. And he said, and I said to him in the car this afternoon, I said I was going to share this story. And I said, what did I tell you on that day? And this is about three, four weeks ago. And he said, never, never give give up and don't put your head down and don't give up. And he, and he, know exactly, he remembered exactly what I said to him. And, uh, and I said, that's awesome. And so, you know, we should, you, the worst thing you can ever do is give up. Because the moment you give up, you're defeated. You can get knocked down. You can fail. You can make mistakes. You can lose a game. You can, you know, do whatever. That's fine. It's okay. You failed. You can learn from that. But the moment you give up, the moment you give up, you're defeated. The moment you give up, the enemy comes in. The enemy, he'll come in and go, oh, I'm going to act upon that. While they're down, I'm going to kick him a bit more. In our... uh, politically correct society at the moment you know there's a I've watched you know a bit of a system creeping in where which annoys me a little bit that they you know and, and in, a, in a competition sport they've started to with kids in that they've just they've started to you yeah, have a first second and third prize but instead of just having first second and third they they've decided oh let's just reward everyone who's in the race and which is a nice thing to do because they don't want anyone to be upset you know because they haven't won and uh, and it's you know we with kids and you now you have party you have games and things everyone gets a prize and in some situations that's totally fine, but the prop there is a problem with that, because you're teaching you're you're teaching these kids a few different things, it cheapens the value of first place, in other words it's it's like they because I remember when I was at school and I was running races and all that kind of stuff and I didn't win. My thing was, I, and I see the guy or whatever get the blue ribbon or whatever it was, and I thought, oh, I want to get a blue ribbon. And so next time I run, I'm going to try harder. Still might have, might have taken a few years, but I'll try my best next time, and that's fine. And I didn't get a prize and all that, and that's the best thing that could have happened. But the problem is that when you give everyone a prize, they go, oh, I got a prize. I come last, but I still got a prize. That's really good. So it doesn't motivate people. To work hard and want to be in the winning position, they just sit back and go, "Well, I don't have to try my best because I know I'm still going to get a prize." And you might think, "Oh, it's only kids; it doesn't matter." Well, let me tell you, this is what happens when they get older. It creates a bad mindset, and they get a job, and they go, "Oh, I don't have to work my hardest, you know, you know, I'll I'll still get paid." Still get a prize, you know. I can just I'll, just, I'll just do what needs to be done, or I won't try my best, and uh, it won't have any effect. I'll still get a prize. Yes, it will. You'll get fired pretty soon. That's the real world. And so, the problem I see when, when we have things like that where we just award failure, it's okay to fail, but don't make. And, you know, don't reward failure coming last. When you have rewards for those things and say, look, you're just really saying, hey, oh, you did so good. You know, we don't want you to be upset because you didn't come. I know first is really good, but but then it's like, you know, oh, but you did so well. We'll We'll just give you a prize as well. Then they go, oh, this is cool. I just have to just jog at the end. If I fall over, it doesn't matter. You know, and then if I they're way ahead oh i might just stop i've done my shoelaces so i'll stop and just fix up my shoelace you know and so because it doesn't matter because at the end i'm still going to get a still going to get a mars bar or something i don't know but so and you can see what i'm saying that that flow that mindset of thinking you know it's and now the difference is this that like it's okay to fail It's okay to lose. It's okay to lose a race because there's a motivation to do it better next time. And if someone comes last in every race, but they have tried their best and they've done the best they can, then awesome. And You you pat them on the back and you cheer them on. But the one that wins, the one that comes first, second or third in a competition, they've earned the prize. They've earned the prize. You can imagine that they bring that into the Olympics. Usain Bolt wins 100 metres, got the flag and they go, oh, Uh, just over the announcement we are decided to give gold medals to everyone in the 100 metre final today because we don't want anyone to be crying or upset. (laughs) Usain Bolt, come and get your gold medal and you get one too and you get one too and they all get a gold medal and Usain will be like, I'm not coming back next time. And guess what if they if they did that all the world records would stop being broken everyone would stop having to achieve or trying to achieve they just go oh I'll just cruise don't need to cuz I'll get rewarded anyway don't have to do my best be excellent on your level be excellent on your level we need to be comfortable with failing correctly we need to be comfortable with failing correctly while staying motivated to succeed. Be comfortable with failing correctly. There's a way to, there's a way to fail correctly and a way to, way to fail wrongly. And I, I mean, I'll explain what I mean by that. You can have someone that, you know, deliberately fails or does something wrong or hurts someone else or says something and they know they're doing the wrong thing and they don't care and that's what sin is like it's like you do it you don't care you don't care what God thinks you don't care if you hurt other people whatever and it's like I don't care and they fail they make a mistake and it's like I don't care, I'm just, I'm that, and that's, and that's failing wrongly, you've got the wrong motivation, but failing correctly is, you want to please God, you want to do the right thing, you love people, you want to help people, and you go along, and you trip up, you make a mistake, you say the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing, and it's like, but suddenly you go, God, I'm sorry, or you go to that person straight away, sorry, I shouldn't have said that, I didn't mean it, I didn't want to do it that way, you made a mistake, you failed, but you corrected it, And it's a different way, it's a different mindset. We need to learn to fail correctly. Thomas Edison, who created the light bulb. He had a thousand unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb before he got it right. A thousand times he failed. Now after that, you know, what if he got to 999 and thought, man, this is too hard. I'm just going to give up. But the next time he got it right. I think he got to a place in his life that he thought, until the day I die, I'm going to make this bulb work. I'm going to just keep, if he's gone a thousand times, then he was just going to keep going. In developing a commercially viable light bulb, Edison actually went through over 10,000 prototypes before getting it right. He made the light bulb failed a thousand times, but then it took him another 10,000 times to get a light bulb that would work commercially. He knows what failure is like, but if I'm sure if you asked him and talked to him, he would say that every time I failed, I learned something new. I learned a way of how to not do something. I learned a different way of doing. I knew what, what didn't work. So we need to learn to fail correctly, because if you, you're you okay with failing, if you're okay with, hey, I, I want to get it right, I want to do the right thing, I'm going to keep going until I get it right, I'm going to keep working at it until I get it right, but if I fall over, I'm going to get back up again. I'm not going to look at it as like, oh, I'm just, that's it, it's all over, I'm going to get back up again, and I'm going to do it again. If I fail again, I'm going to get back up again. There's a person in the Bible, I just want to finish up with this story, that uh, Pastor Mary Lynn shared about this morning is Peter. And if anyone tried to excel at his level, it was Peter. And uh, if he, he tried everything, did everything, made mistakes, if anyone failed a lot, it was Peter. And he still had another go. In Matthew 14, onwards, it says... They just. This is after Jesus just fed the five thousand. They've been praying for people all day long. All these sick people, and they were tired. And and Jesus said to them, "You jump in the boat. You go across the other side of the lake. I'm gonna. I'll dismiss the people, which was thousands of them. And Jesus went up in the hill um, to, to to pray. And uh, and they went out in the boat. And he said, "I'll join you later on." And so we get to verse 23. Immediately after this, Jesus uh, insisted the disciples get back into the boat, cross the other side of the lake. Uh, Well, he went and sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. So it's nighttime. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Now, I've been out in a boat at night. It's different to night and day in a boat. And and it says heavy waves. And there's like at least 12 of them in the boat. And so it's quite a large boat. And heavy waves means it's pretty rough. Okay, there's water coming in the side of the boat. And and the problem with being there at night is that you can't see the waves. And so you're going along, but you can't see how big the next wave is and what direction you should turn. And so it's worse at night. And so they're in this situation at night. At 3 o'clock in the morning... Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. They thought, there's a ghost walking on the water. Like This is like three o'clock in the morning, everything's going on. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Walking on the water. You've got to love the boldness of Peter. Now, I want to just think about this situation. There's heavy waves. So we're talking, you know, it's, they're probably at least a couple of meters. I don't know what size boat they're in, but they're a decent-sized boat. At least a couple of meters high. It's probably choppy. They're crashing in the boat. It's a storm. It's windy. could be raining. I don't know. But Peter has a bright idea. Jesus out on the water. I want to get in that too. Just because it's rough and it's like something different. I haven't tried before. And so he, he says, can I, if it's you, let me come out on the water. He probably saw Jesus walking and thought, that is cool. Like, i have got to tell all my friends I can walk on the water. And so off we go. So he does that. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. After they had crossed the, to the lake, they landed Geraset. The first question I'd have for Jesus if I was in that boat was that line that said, when Jesus got in the boat, the wind stopped. My question was, B, Jesus, when you were walking on the water and got near the boat, could you have made the wind stop a bit earlier? Because it would have made it a bit easier to walk on the water in two-meter waves. There's a, there's a thought in that as well that if Jesus is in your boat and if you've got a storm in your life, the best place to have him is in the boat of your life. And so we look at this and Peter's jumped out of the boat. He's walked on the water. He's actually done. It's rough. It's terrible conditions. And it took heaps of faith and bravery to get out in the, in the water anyway, because if I was in conditions like that at night, the last thing I want to do is get in the water anyway. Like, who wants to go and get lost in a stormy sea, dark, and all the rest of it? But he, he was brave, and he had faith that he could actually do that. And he said, Jesus, if that's you, you call me, I'll walk. And he does it, and he walks. Peter was being excellent at his level. You want to know whatever level Peter was at at that point? That was excellent. He, he thought, I'm going I'm to go to a new level. I'm going to walk tonight on water. And uh, he was excellent at his level. Now, you would think, in the world we live in today especially, you would think that Jesus would have praised him for having a go like, oh, let's all, let's all stand and clap, Peter. Well done. You got out of the boat. You guys just sat there did nothing. You didn't have the faith to get out of the boat, did you? But Peter did. And so Jesus, standing ovation, well done, Peter, pat him on the back. He didn't give him any standing ovation, didn't pat him on the back, didn't even acknowledge that he walked on the water. He said, you have so little faith, Peter. Why did you doubt me? Now, imagine that. He's walked on the water. Then he's sunk. Jesus pulled him up, and he said, man, you've got so little faith. Why would you doubt me, Peter? Get back in the boat. It's like, let's go back. We, they walk, and they, he's holding you know, I'm sure Jesus held his hand all the way back to the boat to walk. Otherwise, he would have sunk again. So this time he's thinking, oh, man, you know, Jesus told me off for trying to do something good. And uh, I was just having to go. And so, and so he's got back in the boat. And, and instead of just saying, hey, well done, he said, Where's, you lost your faith. Why didn't you keep believing? Why did you doubt? This is why I think. Jesus knew Peter's potential. He could have praised him and said, oh, you're awesome, Peter. You're so good. And Peter would have thought, man, I'm awesome. I'm so good. And I've made it. I'm like Jesus. I walked on the water. But Jesus knew Peter's potential. And he wasn't going to let him settle for where he was at. In other words, in that motion, he's saying, Peter, you did good, but there's more. There's more. There's, you've got great faith inside of you. You've got great ability inside of you, Peter. There's so much more you can do. You could have walked Peter across this whole lake if he didn't doubt, he didn't have faith. He wasn't going to let Peter settle. In a world we live in, it can be easy to settle and just go with the flow. And just go along and just cruise along. But God, I want to tell you, does not want you to settle. He does not want you to sit back and relax and cruise. He, he wants you to get out of the boat. He wants you to take steps of faith. He wants you to have a go. And even if you fail like Peter failed, he said that's better than sitting in the boat like the bunch of the rest of them guys that just sat there. At least he got out of the boat and had a go. He might have failed. That's all right. Peter had plenty of other goes and failed as well. But in the end, it was Peter on the day of Pentecost that stood up and preached to the crowd. And 3,000 people were saved and come to know and believe in Jesus. It was Peter that stood up and led because he had the guts. He had the inside of him to go, I'm going to have a go. I'm going to have a go. If I fail again, I've failed before. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get up and have another go. He'd learnt through failure big time. God doesn't want you to sit back and relax. He wants you to reach your full potential. He wants you, every single person in this place, he wants you to reach your full potential. There's much more ability in every single person sitting in this place than where you're at right now. You could be on whatever, excel at the level you're at, and then as soon as you excel at that, God is going to give you another challenge to take you another level, and he's going to say, now I want you to excel at that. I want you to step out in faith. I want you to step out of the boat. Step out of your comfort zone. Be comfortable with failure. It's okay to fail, because through it you will learn and succeed, and you will win. Can I have the worship team come on up? I want you to stand to your feet tonight. The greatest thing you can do is have a go. The greatest thing you can do is you can sit back. You know, when whenever they, you can look, up, look them up and talk to them. I've seen interviews on TV and they ask questions to people that are, you know, they're like late in their years and they're close to death and they all say the same thing. They all say, what would you do in your life if you, if you could live it again they said I'd take more risks they all say it and so here you are some of you are young some of you are older you have still life before you are you going to get get to your you know late years close to death and think man I should have taken more risks did I give it everything God wants you to reach your full potential. I want to pray for three groups of people tonight. And these are the things I felt that there's you feel defeated. There's people here you feel defeated that you may not be, but you feel you feel like you failed and failed and failed, and you've taken that failure as I'm a failure. You've actually said the words, I'm a failure. And I want to tell you tonight, no, that's not true. God doesn't look at you as a failure. And you felt like you just want to give up. You've lost your motivation to win. But I believe tonight that God wants to fill you again with courage. He wants to fill you again with His Spirit to say, I believe that I can do it. I'm going to get up again. I'm not going to stay down. I'm not going to stay defeated. I don't want to stay in a place where I'm going to give up. But I'm tonight I'm going to get up and I'm going to give it another go. I've made some mistakes, I've failed a few times, I've done this, I've done that. But I'm going to get up again and give it another go. Because God is with you and I want to pray for you tonight. The other group of people I want to pray for is people with unfulfilled dreams. You've had a dream, you've had a passion to do something. Could be something that God's put in your heart. Could be something a dream you've had for many years, but it's not fulfilled yet. You could be older. You could be young still. But there's a passion in your heart to say, "Hey, oh, there's unfulfilled stuff." There's, I know, there's something I want to do. I want to do something great. You've got an idea. You've got this. You've got that, or whatever it may be. But it's not fulfilled yet. And 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 God wants to stir that up again in your life. If, before we get to the third one, if that. Is anyone in this place? Those things there. I just simply want you to step out of your chair and stand at this altar because I want to pray for that tonight, for people tonight. You are not a failure. No matter what people have said about you, it's not the way God looks at you. God wants you to go to your full potential. Your full potential. Is there anyone else you want to come tonight? You're not a failure. You may feel defeated, but I want to tell you the only one that's defeated is the enemy. The enemy's been defeated. Jesus defeated him, but you are still on God's side. You still have God on your side. You still have the Holy Spirit to help you and equip you. Still a few more people coming. Is there anyone else you want to come before we pray tonight? This is the third thing I want to pray for. This is a little bit different. I want to read, I'll read the, I love this story because the last part of this story, they land on um, the area of Gennesaret and they'd been there once before. It was where the demon-possessed man was and he had 2,000 demons. His name was Legion and, and he got totally set free. And this time they go back there again to that area. And it says, this is after the storm, this is after walking on water and all that early in the morning they would have got there. And it says, when the people, this is when they landed, recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all who touched him were healed. The Amplified Version says this, all who touched his robe were were perfectly restored. And I read that in the Amplified Version, and I believe tonight there's people here that God wants to heal you and perfectly restore you. Perfectly restore you. There's people here with physical need, physical healing, sickness, injury caused by whatever it may be. Parts of your body, you've got injury or wounds, God can heal that damage to muscles or bones, ligaments, whatever it may be, illness or disease. Physical healing. And if there's people here, you need God to physically heal you. Some of you may be out in the front already, but if there's anyone else I want you to step out of your seat and come and stand here. You need physical healing. You want God to physically heal you, to perfectly restore you. He is able to perfectly. Restore you. Perfectly restore you. Who's that tonight? I just if you're out the, There's some probably out the front here as well. If that's, you need to be perfectly restored. You need His physical healing. If anyone else wants to come, come right now because we're going to pray. Perfectly restored. You know, God can perfectly restore a broken heart. He can restore perfectly restore those things you've spoken over your life those words you've spoken where you said i'm a failure i'm defeated, i'm going to give up he can actually say no i can restore that i can turn that around i can change your thinking i can change your speech i can change your words i can you can see yourself differently you can see yourself the way i see you this is what we're going to do that we're just going. To, I was going to pray, and then the team are going to, I was going to pray generally, but then the team are going to begin to pray, and the worship team will begin to worship God. And I just want, just for a few minutes, to just really press into God and worship. And I believe that God's going to do some breakthroughs and set some people free right here. So if you're on this altar tonight, you're ready to receive from God. You can close your eyes, put your hands out in front of you, you can lift them, you can do whatever you want to do. That's up to you, and I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you that you're a God who restores you're a God who loves us, that you have great things in store for every one of these people here right now. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, for those people that feel wounded, those people that feel like they are a failure, they feel like they've given up, they feel defeated. They feel like that, oh, you know, I just can't do it anymore. I pray right now for a touch from you, Holy Spirit, that, Lord God, they would be touched and empowered by you to switch their thinking, to see things differently, Lord God. I pray for those that, Lord, have unfulfilled dreams, unfulfilled vision, Father God. I pray, Lord God, that you would again put flame to that vision. Put flame to that vision. Put flame to that vision. Let it be a burning passion, Lord God. Let that be stirred again, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.